you have your Bible, turn to James chapter 1. Be honest with you, I don't know how people make it without the Lord. You know, they're lost on their way to hell. I, I don't see how. I know they're not having any kind of a joy. Uh, James chapter 1. We're going to read verses 1 through 4. <clears throat> James chapter 1, verse 1 through 4. The Bible says, James a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad greeting. Watch this. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be uh, perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the day you gave us. God, I thank you for this song service. You've blessed my heart. Lord, I thank you for it. Lord, I thank you for the people that's gathered here together today and on Facebook. Lord, I pray that something be said or done and they might get something to take for the rest of the week. God, we love you and we thank you for Jesus. Lord, I ask for your help. I can't do this without you. God, I ask in Jesus' name, amen. amen. I'm going to preach on this thought. Uh, look at verse number 2. He said, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations. I'm going to be preaching on facing your dilemma. Facing your dilemma. Look at Job chapter 20, 23, verse number 10. It says, he knoweth the way that I take. When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. That's what Job said. Job 13, verse 15, the Bible says, though he slay me, Yet will I trust in him, but I will maintain my own ways of before him. Uh, facing your dilemma. See, uh, the book of James, they was facing a dilemma in their life. And I want to say it's because of your position, because you've been born again, you know what you're going to do? You're going to face these dilemmas. Right. Right. It's not like in school. In school we had, uh, uh, I guess it was uh, selected courses. You could take them or not take them. And then you had some courses, English, math, you had to take those. Right. Uh, facing your dilemma is not something, if you're a Christian, it's not something, I'm going to take this or not. If you're a Christian, you're going to face uh, these dilemmas. Right. Right. Uh, verse number one, it says, the last part, it says they were scattered abroad. They were facing dilemmas. Now I say this, uh, dilemmas by way of opening, they're painful. Uh, painful dilemmas in your life and uh, I was talking with Eden uh, on the way to church. I was like, son, what's a dilemma that can come, come in your contact at 11 years old? And he was thinking, and he said, uh, if a mass murderer was on the loose, and I'm thinking, that's a dilemma. But you see, what's a dilemma for him at 11 years old, me at 37, it might not be a dilemma. But you've got something in your life that you're going to face, and, and it's going to tear your world apart. And I, I pray that I say something that tomorrow morning, if it happens in your life, you've got something to help you face it. Now, I want to say, number one, they're painful. And they're painful. Dilemmas are painful. I don't know if anybody says, man, I just love trouble. No, they're painful. And sometimes I'd rather have the physical pain than the mental pain. Uh, the devil wants to mess with your mind. and gets it all distorted. But sometimes I'd rather have that physical pain than the mental. Now, I want to say, your dilemma is going to be permitted by God. 
You know what Satan has to do to get to your life? He has to go to the Lord. There's nothing that can come into your life that, that God don't know about. But you know what it is? It's going to be permitted by God. But third of all, by way of opening, I want to say it's possible to face your dilemma. I don't know what you'll go through tomorrow, but I guarantee you, God's got something for you to help you face that dilemma, that problem in your life. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse number 13, there hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able to bear. But will with the same temptation, here's what I like, will so make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. You know what it's going to do? It's possible. Uh, you've got something that comes in your life, it's possible for you to keep going. So how are we going to do it? Number one, look at verse number two of James chapter one. He says, uh, my brethren, count it all joy. Uh, number one, you're going to have to count it. You're going to have to count it. You say, what does that mean? It means to evaluate. When you've got this dilemma that comes up in your life, you've got to count it. Right. You've got to sit there and evaluate what's going on. Uh, you've got to evaluate it, and it says that you count it all joy. Count, when this thing comes in your life, you've got to count it all joy. Say, can you do that? I don't know. But the Bible says I'm supposed to count it all joy. Am I that spiritual? Probably not all the time, but I know there's been some times when I went through something, you know what God's did? He's let me count it, and he's let me count it as joy. Now, I'm not spiritual all the time. Maybe some of you are, but the Bible says we're to count it. We're to evaluate it as a joyful experience. I want you to turn to Acts chapter number 20. Acts chapter 20. I want to read uh, three verses here. Acts chapter 20, look at verse number 22. The Bible says, So he sent into Macedonia two of them that ministered unto him, Timotheus and Rattus, but he himself stayed in Asia for a season. Look at verse number 23. And in the same time there arose no small stir about that way. Look at verse 24. For a certain man named Demetrius, a silversmith, which made silver shrines for Diana, he brought no small gain into the craftsmen, verse 25, whom he called together with the workmen of like occupation, and he says, Sirs, you know that by this craft we have our wealth, verse 26. He says, Moreover, you see and hear that none alone at Ephesus, but almost throughout all Asia, well, here's what I'm after, this Paul hath persuaded and turned away much people saying that they be no gods uh, which has made his hands. You know what Paul's got? Paul's got a big dilemma. They're making this money off these, making these idols. And you know what? Paul has got a dilemma. But you know what God's going to do? God's going to make a way for him to face uh, his, uh, his dilemma. Yeah. Now it says, facing your dilemma, this is something that you're going to have to discipline yourself to get through this. Right. You're going to have to use discipline. Say, Why? Because to count it all joy, you can't do that in your flesh. You're going to have to be bound and determined to get through this thing. And I'd say, Brother Gossman, what, 40 years of the ministry, 
I've seen that you you probably face dilemmas and, and not knowing how you're going to get through it. But you know what? God has made a way. Right. You're sitting here today. God's going to make a way for you to get through whatever problem you're going to face. I don't care if you're seven years old. God's got a way. And you know what that way is? It's Jesus. Right. Jesus said, I am the way. How am I going to make it tomorrow? I've got Jesus. I'm born again. I've got Jesus. He is going to make a way. Uh, now I want to say is you're going to have to make a conscious commitment to face each trial with a joyful attitude. Amen. You see this note from the natural mind that says you can't do it. I've got trouble. I've got dilemmas. Uh, my flesh wants to give up. But you know what? You're going to have to determine yourself to be more uh, spiritual than that. Uh, Philippians chapter 4 verse number 11. Paul said, not that I speak in respect of want, and watch this, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. You know what Paul had to do? Paul had to discipline himself. No matter what state he's in, I'm going to be content. When that thing comes up in your life, you're going to have to be content with what the Lord has gave you. You know what he did? He learned to be content and rejoice in the midst of trials. You say, are you that spiritual? Probably not, but I try to be. I try, I try to work on it. You need to press towards uh, that mark. Hebrews chapter 12, verse number 2, it says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy was set before him. It was going to be a joyous thing for the Lord. Why? It says that he was set before him. He endured the cross despite the shame. What was joyous about it? It's right here. It's you are. You that are saved, that brings joy to him knowing that you're going to be with him uh, one of these days. Amen. Philippians chapter 2, verse number 17, it says, Yea, and if I be offered up on the sacrifice and the service of your faith, Paul said, I joy, I joy and rejoice with you all. In that same chapter, verse number 18, it says, For the same cause also do you joy and rejoice with me. You know, we're going, to, we're going to have to be steadfast when things come up in our life. If you don't, you'll never make it. Now, it says the out, outlook determines outcome. The outlook determines outcome. If you go into your problem, uh, you kids, if you go into a problem at school and you say, I ain't going to make it, I can't do it, you know what you're going to do? You're going to have a hard time. But if you're going in this trial, whatever this uh, dilemma is in your life, if you're going there saying, I know I can make it because the Lord uh, God is with me, you know what you're going to do? You're going to have a desirable outcome. Amen. Your outlook will determine the outcome. That one says, your attitude determines the action. Your attitude determines action. In verse number two, he says, count it all joy. You know what that does? That deals with your emotions. That one says, when you face these things in your life, you don't have to go looking for them. You don't have to go look. You know what they're going to do? They're going to come find you. And you know what it's going to be? It's going to be when you least expect it, these things will come up. When you least expect it, you, you, your bills are paid, things are going fine. When you least expect it, that's when these things will come up. That's why we need to be conscious and walk circumspectly. You know what that circumspectly is? If you've got a cat walking along a, a fence, and he's got two pit bulls on either side, he, he better walk circumspect. Why? Because he's going to have trouble on either side. And sometimes that's the way life is. You better walk uh, circumspectly. You know what Jesus never did? He never started any trouble, but you know what? Trouble uh, found him. 
Oh, it says our values will determine our valuation. If we have, if we value comfort more than uh, spiritual things, you're going to have trouble. Yeah. When things come in your life, uh, you will have trouble. Right. Facing your dilemma. You know what it is? Number one, you're going to have to count it. You're going to have to count it. And I read this story. A man and a woman, they visit this world-famous weaver. And I know some of you ladies know what a weaver is probably. Uh, uh, Tina, you, you sew and stuff, a weaver. But this, this man and woman visit this world-famous weaver. And, and they watched him, and they watched him weave and work. And he noticed that they was they was giving a funny look. And he stopped and he said, uh, uh, you know what he said? He said, Don't look at this side. You say, why is that? Because one side of that, it had it had threads coming out and yarn hanging down. He said, Don't judge this work by this side. You've got to wait until you see uh, the other side. Uh, one side, it's got loose ends and yarn hanging down. Uh, don't judge. you got to wait and see what the finished uh, work is. You know what? That's the way life is sometimes. You look at your life, you look at my life, and you say, he's got loose ends hanging down. He's got yarn nailing down. His life looks a mess. But don't judge me right now. Judge me when the Lord gets finished with me. Why? Because his outcome is a lot better than mine. Your life might look rough right now. But if you're saved, born again, the finished work is going to be far prettier than right now. Uh, life's like that sometimes. Uh, you know what you need to do? You need to look ahead and see what God's going to do in your life. He's going to take care of you. He says, count your life or evaluate it. And see what God's going to do with the outcome. You know what? If you'll live for what matters most uh, uh, spiritually, you're going to have a joyful outcome. Yeah. So how are you going to make it? What the Lord is going to do for you. But if you value uh, material things and physical things more than fi uh, spiritual, you're going, to, you're going to have trouble. When that trouble comes, you're going to have trouble. Number one, you've got to count it. Your emotions uh, must be right. Number two, look at James chapter one, verse number three. He says in verse number three, he says, knowing this, uh, number two, number one, you're going to have to count it. Number two, you're going to have to know some things. What does that speak of? It speaks of an understanding mind. Having the right understanding will help us face our dilemmas. You've got to know some things. Uh, if you go in your trial, your, your dilemma without knowing things, you're going to have a hard life. But he says, knowing this, you know what our faith is going to be? It's going to be tested. Yeah. Every single day, our faith is going to be tested. We've got to know some things. That's why we got this right here. How are you going to make it life? This right here. Right. Young kids, how are you going to stay holy as a teenager? This right here. Yeah. You better know some things uh, facing uh, your dilemma. You know what happened when God called Abram to live by faith? He tested him. God told Abram, he said, I want you to uh, uh, live by faith, uh, sojourn, look for that land. You know what it was? His faith was tested. And I want to say, your faith will be tested also. Now I want to say this, when God tests us, he's meant it to bring out our best. Yeah, right. When God puts you through something, he, he's trying to get the best out of your life. But when Satan tempts you with something, he's trying to bring out your worst. You know what the devil wants? He wants you to go through something in life, and he wants you to give up. He wants you to throw in a towel and say, I can't do it. But you know what God wants? He wants you to keep pressing. Keep pressing for why? Because he's got a better outcome. I was thinking about this. Uh, I don't know if any of you know Melvin Sisson. 
Uh, he's an evangelist, and a lot of times you'll hear him on the King of Kings radio. But uh, Jen and I know him, and uh, it's been years ago. But years ago, he was up in Cincinnati at a pastor's house, and he got a phone call. And his boy, boy was 19 or 20 years old, got killed in a car wreck. And uh, they was up in Cincinnati and lived in Somerset. And I remember when they got home, I heard this story, when they got back home to Somerset, a lot of people from the church met them. And when they stepped off the door, they, they expected Sister Sisson to be all out of wreck. And you know what she did when she got off the bus? She said, I don't know how people make it without the Lord. Amen. You know, and I know she had hard times, probably still does. But you know what she did? She counted his joy. And I don't know how many lives she's helped by helping people uh, come across another mother that's lost a child. You know what God will let you do? God will let you face something to help somebody else out. Yeah. You might not understand it. You might not even do anything about it. You might, did not, might not have done nothing wrong, but you know what? Allow God to use it. Facing your dilemma. You can either make it real good or you can make it real bad. Right. Say, what's God going to do? He's going to give you more grace. And when you think you can't go on, He's going to give you more grace. Right. When you're ready to give up, God says, here, here's some extra grace. Facing your dilemma. Now, uh, I want to say uh, knowing things. These tests in life, they're working for us, not against us. They're working for us. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse number 7, that the trial of your faith being much more precious than that of gold that perished, though it be tried with fire, might be found in the praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. The Bible says, I read this about jewelers. And you know what jewelers will do when studying a diamond? They got what's called a water test. And these jewelers will use this water test to determine which one is an imitation or which one is a real diamond. Now what's this? An imitation is never as brilliant as a true diamond. You know why? It's an imitation. It's an imitation. And you know what? Uh, uh, some can be spotted. I don't know much about diamonds. Uh, some of you ladies might. But they say a real good person can look at these diamonds and they can see spots. But what happens with the imitation is you stick it under that water and it turns, it turns real dim. But you know what a genuine diamond does? When you put it underneath that water test, it shines and it sparkles and it looks so pretty. You say, what am I saying? You see, you might be going through the test here and you might be an imitation. You might look the poor. You've got the, the nice clothes and you come to church. But if you're just imitation, when you're putting underneath that water test, you know what you're going to do? You're going, to, you're going to be dim. Yep. But a real, genuine Christian, when they go through things in life and they're putting underneath that water test, you know what they're going to do? They're going to shine like a diamond. Yeah. And, you know, I want to be like that. When I go through that test in life, I want them to say, that right there is somebody that shines. Yeah. He goes through something and he takes it. You know what it is? I want to be that diamond. And you want to be, be that real diamond. What am I saying here? Knowing, facing your dilemma, you better know some things. Uh, facing your dilemma. Now, the Bible says that trials work for us. You all know this verse in Romans 8, 28, and it says all things work together. All of them. You say, I don't understand. I don't either, but I know that this word's true, and whatever I face, I've got something uh, to make it through it. Uh, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter number 4. I want you to watch how Paul uh, faced his dilemma. 2 Corinthians uh, chapter uh, number 4. 
Look at verse number 17. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse number 17. Uh, Paul said, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us as far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Watch this, verse number 18. While we look not at the things which are seen, but are things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. You know what Paul said? It's but for a light affliction. So the number one, uh, you have to count it. And number two, you have to know some things going through this dilemma. But number three, I want to say these tests are made to mature us. They're made to make you a better uh, person. You know what God wants to produce in our life? Turn back to the book of James. What does God want to do when you face these things in life? Turn to James chapter 1 back in our text here. In verse number 3, he says, Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Verse 4, But let patience have her perfect work. Uh, patience. I'm going to read you this definition. It's the suffering of afflictions, uh, pain or toil, or calamity uh, with a calm, unruffled uh, temper. You know what it was? It's going through something, and you still stay calm. You know what happens with me a lot of times? I go through things, and I say, I can't do it. I'm going to give up. And you know what my wife does? Keep on going. Uh, look back and see where God has brought you from. These things are made uh, to mature us. It's an endurance without murmuring. It's endurance without mur murmuring. What, what's this thing when you face life? It's to bring you patience. It's to bring uh, you uh, patience. Being able to be under pressure and not to give in. You know what the hardest thing for a young person is? It's to be under that pressure and not to give in. And I feel sorry for our young people, but you know what? God's make a way for them to get through what they're going through. Uh, God's made a way. Psalms 40, verse number 1, he says, I waited patiently for the Lord. And he inclined to me and he heard my cry. If you'll just be patient, hang on, God will hear your cry. He'll hear you. He's waiting on you. He's waiting on you. Now it says, patience is not laziness. And I've heard some people say, well, I'm going to be patient. I'm just going to sit right here. That's not patience. That's laziness. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 6, verse number 12, that you be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience Inherit the promises. Uh, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, he says, Run with patience. Uh, patience isn't laziness. We're going to keep on going and trust God. He's going to help us uh, make it through it. Uh, patience is not looking away at a certain area. Uh, turn to Revelation chapter 2. A couple of books over. Revelation chapter 2 and verse number 2. Uh, it's not looking away at a certain area. Revelation chapter 2, verse number 2. He says, I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience. You know what it was? They was a working church. Uh, they, wasn't, they was very patient. You know what we're going to have to do? We're going to have to be patient. Amen. When these things come in your life, you know what you'll do? It'll get you antsy. Yeah. It'll get you wanting to go here or there. Best thing, if you'll stay still and trust the Lord, uh, he'll uh, make it through it. Uh, is to be patient. Now, uh, what is motivation for being patient? Look at James chapter 5. How are we facing our dilemmas? Are we trusting the Lord? Here's some motivation for being patient. Look at James chapter 5, verse number 7. He says, Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. 
You know why we need to be patient? The Lord's right around the corner. The Lord is right. How can you be patient? He's coming. He's coming. He's going to make all uh, things better. And coming to close, uh, as Sister Christie comes and, and Brother Elijah comes and picks out a song, I was thinking about the coming of the Lord and how we're to be watching and waiting for the Lord. And I think about this as a little kid. Uh, my dad used to go off on, on trips. And I remember as a little kid uh, lining up at the airport. You know, I was just a little kid, probably 10 years old. But I remember I'd sit there and I'd watch. And I, I see that plane coming, and I didn't see Daddy get off. And I see that next plane coming, and all of a sudden I see Daddy coming. You know what it was as a 10-year-old boy? I was excited about it. Why? Because my father was coming off that plane. I hadn't seen him in a week. And you know why we need to be patient through our trials and our dilemmas? He's coming. He'll be right there, and he's going to make all things better. 